Hello everyone and thank you for downloading the fifth episode of Football a la Turca. My name is Kam Bayezid and I am once again joined by my co-hosts Burak Sezgin and Uzer Dinger. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's good to be back. Good evening everyone, hello, hello, hello. Hey Burak, how was your night out on the town uh, last week? I was on assignment um, for the good of the podcast and I must say it was amazing. So I'm, I'm back full of ideas And I'd like to extend a big thanks to Pat for filling in for me. Um, Listen to the podback, did an excellent job. So thank you very much, Pat. And if I'm ever in Istanbul, then it'd be great to buy you a Tuborg or FS or Bobonti, your beer of choice. I hope he'll hold you to that, Burak. Of course, I'm a man of my word. And how about you, Uzer? Have you been uh, doing many terraces in Dublin or whereabouts are you this week? Uh, well, yeah, I'm back in Dublin, and uh, this weekend was St. Patrick's weekend, oh, so a yeah, lot of right. festivities over Saturday and Sunday. Lots um, of green beer. A lot of, well, a lot of Guinness was drunk. A lot of green liquids, other than beer, were were throwing about all over the place. So I couldn't really tell what was what after <laughs> after a few hours. But yeah, all in the name of good fun. Do they do that in Ireland too? Like, do, like dye the the beer green? Because I know in, in in New York it's a big deal, and they uh, actually drink green beer and stuff like that. I didn't actually see any green beer, but um, but Burak was saying that he likes he likes to see the Guinness red. Yeah, I think if you put a little bit of black currant cordial, like just one shot, it completely changes the taste. And I can't have Guinness straight as it comes out on draft. And also, I learned that if you put a shot of amaretto into it, it is also delicious. So oh, okay. it doesn't surprise me because it kind of has this little coffee feel about it. So you know, amaretto mm. and coffee. Um, but we're not here to talk about uh, alcoholic beverages. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's uh, talk business. Let's talk about the national team squad, which was announced earlier last week for the matches against Albania, which is being played on the twenty second which is Friday, and then the match against Moldavo on the 25th, which is Monday. The national team squad was announced by uh, head coach Shinel Gunesh, or, well, rather, the, the squad was announced on the website of the Turkish Football Federation. The first squad that Shinel Gunesh has put together since his return to the national team, which I believe should have been in June, but apparently he's taking the job early. Um, for goalkeepers, we have Mert Gunok of Başakşehir, Muhammed Şengezer of Bursa Spor, Urjan Çakır of Trabzonspor, and Sinan Bolat of Royal Antwerp FC. In the defense, we have Gokhan Gunol of Besiktas, Mehmet Zikicelik of Lille, Çalak Soyuncu of Leicester City, Khan Ayhan from Fortuna Düsseldorf, uh, Mary Demirel from Sassuolo, Ozan uh, Kabak, of course, from Foyfbish Stuttgart, Hassan Ali Kaldrun from Fenerbahce, and Emre Tajdimir from Galatasaray. Then in midfield, we have Denis Turuc from Kayserispor. Efejan Karaja gets his first call up, if I'm not mistaken. He, of course, of Alanya Spor. Yusuf Yazidje of Trabzonspor. Dorokan Tokus of Besiktas getting his first call up. Emre Belozolo, the almost 39-year-old uh, midfielder now, gets a call up too. Irfan Jan Kavici from Başakşehir, as well as Emre, of course. And as well, Mahmoud Tegdemir of Başakşehir get a call up. Mehmet Topal from Fenerbahce also got a call up, but he has been dropped from the team now due to an injury that occurred during Fenerbahce's league match on Friday. Oğuzhan Uzjakup of Besiktas called up as well. Okay Jokuslu of Celta de Vigo called up. 
Yunus Malle of VFL Wolfsburg, Emre Kilinc of Demirgroup Sivaspor, Güven Yalcin of Besiktas, Hakan Chalanolo of AC Milan. And then we only have two forwards. Burak Yilmaz makes his return to the national team. He, of course, playing for Besiktas. And then Cenk Tosun of Everton FC being called up as well. Let me start with, with you, Burak. Any of these names pop out to you in a negative or a positive sense? Um, in a WTF sense, um, Orsan Özyakup, because I can't remember the last time I saw him playing in minutes in a Besiktas shirt, and somehow he's in the national team. So that is now, a... now, Burak, you haven't been paying attention. He came in as an 87-minute substitute this weekend. <laughs> well, obviously, he he did a lot to make an impression on me, um, but I I don't see the logic in that one. Um, oh, he's, yeah. he, so that's one that sticks out. Emre Belazola is a surprise. He's, he's like the Energizer Bunny. He just doesn't get old. Keeps on running. Good little engine. Good wine. But, um, in, indeed, he, he likes to, to shout. But he's he's probably one of the only leaders, I think, in that squad. Someone who can grab the game by the scruff of its neck, impose himself on, on the referee and the opposition. He, he always looks like he gives a damn about what's happening. My, my, my boy... Hassan Ali Kaldurum, good to see him in there, but you know, what what do we have really regard to left yeah, backs? Who, you've who got else? exactly you've got Emre Tashtemir in there who can potentially play the role. John Ars, you know, injured. does he injured? I was going to say, you know, would he bring disharmony into the squad? But then you've got Burak Yilmaz who can cause a bit of trouble, but he's he's playing and scoring goals, unlike Jake Tosson. Um, the other one I'm, I'm happy with seeing Ozan Kabak uh, in there, um, Erich Demiral. Um, although they, you know, the, his team conceded five at the weekend. Um, surprised not to potentially see like a Sadik or Sadar Aziz in there potentially, um, just because they've been playing more than Charlar. He's not really got any game time at Leicester, but you know I can kind of understand, you know, with the performances in there. And otherwise, but I was expecting. Maybe Abdul Qadir from Trabzonspor to get in there. Which one? Potentially... Or both? Uh, um, was it Pamuk, I think? I was expecting Parmak. Um, but, you know, both have got a strong claim to be in there. I've not been following Yunus uh, Malle of Wolfsburg, but he always seems to do semi-decent in the national team. And Chalhanolo, he's not really been the same player since his divorce. So I'm, I've... I'm not sure what his form is like at AC Milan, um, but you know he's a dead ball specialist, so maybe that's the thing behind um, Chennel there for that one. So, so those are my thoughts. Um, good young squad would have liked to have seen maybe Enes Unal in there. He was great, getting some great goals in when he was in the the Dutch division. Yeah, but that's, but, that's, that's a while behind us right now, and he's really not getting many minutes uh, in Spain. Yeah, it's a shame that Ennis hasn't really got going uh, in 2019. He hasn't actually scored a goal since the end of last year. Um, and Hakan Chalhanolo got an assist yesterday uh, in the Milan derby. So he's been playing. He's been playing a little bit better over the last few weeks, at least. But um, but I think the highlights for me from the from the squad, or the lowlights, depending on how you want to put it, uh, are the omission of the two Abdul Qadis. I would definitely have had both of them in the squad. The omission of Emre Akbaba. For me, is is very disappointing, especially when someone like Olsham was able to slip through the net, as you guys already mentioned. Um, I know he's not 
returned yet to full fitness, but I still think that he's got a lot more to offer than Ozan right now. As for Emre Belazola, I think he has a lot of haters for a lot of right reasons in Turkey, but you can't really take away from the fact that he is an excellent football player. And like Borak said, he's a real leader on the pitch as well. So I think I'm actually quite curious to see how he's going to merge in with the younger players around him. I think the average age of the squad is 26 and a half, uh, which is which is reasonably young. It makes a nice change okay. from the um, teams we've had of old. I want to uh, throw a few things at you guys. Um, first, Emre Belzola being called up. Both of you understanding to it, uh, leader in the team, all that. But should he play? Yes. I think if you're going to have him in the squad, he's uh, captaining the team who's winning the league. He's on form. He's... His footballing has has no real doubters. I think it would be good to see him in the Turkish shirt again, purely for footballing reasons. Yeah, start him definitely at the base of the midfield. Give him that almost like quarterback like role. Um, let him dictate the play, pick the passes, and if he gets tired, take him off. Personally, I really wouldn't do that. I think it's pointless in building this new generation of a team on the back of a almost 39-year-old midfielder and giving him a very important role, as you say. You, you need to build someone else in that deep-laying playmaker role, I think. Uh, you have great players already available. Oka Jokosul has been doing great at Celta. He should definitely get a start. And I think Irfan Jankavici deserves a, a start maybe next to Okai because he's been doing well for Basakshir this season. And then you put Chalanola on the 10 or you put Yazidji on the 10. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a Yusuf fan than I am a, a Chalanola fan. I'm, I'm not a big Hakan Chalanola fan, but, you know, he's one of those guys that it's difficult to put him next to the team. So I I would imagine that's what Chanel is going to go with. Personally, I would prefer Yusuf. I think he has a higher ceiling as a, as a pure playmaker, definitely, because his open play uh, playmaking skills are, are better, in my opinion. Uh, and I agree with you guys in, in terms of the omissions of, of the Abdul Kadir's. And, and definitely on, on the inclusion of Ozan Uzjakup. Not so much for, for his, his ability. I think we all know what a, a fit and an informed Ozan is, is capable of. But someone needs to explain to me how the coach that has literally been putting him next to the Besiktas side for the last two seasons almost is now the, the head coach of the national team and he calls him up while he's not even playing him at his own club right now where he is still coach. I mean, Ozhan has been getting ridiculous minutes in the last couple of games. He's been coming on as a as an 80-something minute sub every time. I don't know how to interpret this. It's ridiculous. I, and I agree with, with what Uzi says as well. I mean, why call up Ozhan when Emre Agbaba is getting minutes? Uh, and he's is in a way better form, even though he just came back from injury. But even maybe not Emre, but... The two Abdul Kadirs, I mean, those are great young talents who we're going to have to build on for the future, and also Emir Ababo, of course. One of the things I take big exception to is the inclusion of Mohamed Shengezer of Bursaspor. I, I don't get that when you have someone like Gokhan Akan, who has been absolutely phenomenal this season at Chaikurizaspor. For me, he's the best, uh, perfor- best performing goalkeeper in the league right now. Not saying that he's the best goalkeeper, but he's having the best season of them all. Uh, that includes Mert Gunnik, by the way. I mean, for me, Mert has an amazing defensive unit in front of him. So the fact that he doesn't concede a lot of goals is not just down to him being a good goalkeeper, but also just having a 
strong collective in front of him. But Kokana Khan has been performing stellarly since the beginning of the season, even when Rizespor weren't in uh, a very good form. So for me, that's a, a difficult to understand omission there. Apart from that as well, I don't get the selection of Mehmet Topal. Okay, he's injured now, but what's he still doing in the national team? You have Mahmoud Tegdemir who can play in that role from Bashakshi here, and then you have Okayokishlu who can play in that role. So you don't need Mehmet Topal unless you're going to play him as a central defender, I think, which is has been proven time and time again is, is suicide. So I don't really understand why he's still getting called up at his age. I mean, I think he's like 33 going on 34, if I'm not mistaken, or is he 32 going on 33? But... Uh, no, for me, it's kind of cut the court with the old guys. I, I get the selection of a Gokhan Gunnel because we don't really have that many options at right back. But even him, you know, he might still be right now the best Turkish right back. But I think Turkey needs to just move on, drop these 30-plus-year-old guys. Burak Yilmaz, too. I mean, I get it. Again, I get it. We are really... We, have, we don't have a lot of options up front. But... I don't know. I mean, we're, we're moving towards 2020 for the next tournament, and then there's 2022 after that. I mean, a guy like Burak's going to be 37 by that point, so we really have to start producing some strikers. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, you can maybe rely on a guy like Burak to get you to the dance, but there really needs to be some work done and, 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 and groom some guys up top. Uh, and, and as for Gokhan Gunnel, I hope that his role is just going to be as a backup because, uh, I mean, for, it's clear that that, that, that Zeki Celik needs to start and needs to be uh, groomed for that role as well. This is a preparational, uh, transitional period still for that next generation, and I don't think that those old guys should be playing a really big role. Uh, they should just be there to mentor the younger players and, and maybe get some minutes here and there, but... The focus needs to be on the on the young guard. What about uh, uh, Nazem Sangade? Because mm-hmm. it's uh, emerged that he is a uh, potential. Um, Shail Gunesh said he, he wasn't aware that he was um, eligible. Mm-hmm. But uh, born in Germany, a Guinean father, Turkish mother. So he's got his pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, but... That's definitely... For me, it's been great this season. I, I think we all agree on that. We've said it the last couple of weeks too in the podcast. And he's an, an obvious pick, I think. And, and, and he's only 24, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Yes, he's 24. So, I know, keep playing well for Antalya. Maybe get a move to somewhere in the summer. And he could potentially emerge as um, competition for Zeki Chaluk for that right-back role. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's time to, like I said, Gokhan Gunnel is still playing at a high level, but he's 34 and he's not going to be there in Qatar if we manage to qualify. And highly unlikely that he's, maybe I, I could see him be there as a reserve, but yeah. For me, the, the, the 32, 33, 34-year-old guys, it's, it's time to, to, to move on. What do you think, Ozzy? Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing from the perspective of the fact that it's his first squad selection and really you want the coach to come and make a statement with that selection to give an indication of what his plan is for the future. Um, and he didn't really give us anything different. If anything, he's given us more of the same, which is what we've discussed, really. So I would have liked to have seen a, some more brave choices. I don't think really we needed four goalkeepers for these two games. I would have yeah. liked to have seen a few more experimental 
players um, like the ones that we've mentioned, and definitely agree yeah. on the Sangari selection as well. I definitely think his time has come for the for the national team. But anything else to add to these uh, selections, guys, or shall we move on to uh, our bread and butter, the Turkish Super League? Yeah, bread and butter time. But I look forward to analysing the next two games with these players next week. I'm in agreement with uh, with Ozzy there. Let's get ahead to the, the Super League and, and discuss what's been going on as we're heading to this international break. On Friday, Fenerbahce beat Sivaspor at home 2-1, but it looked grim for about 60 seconds because Özer Hurmaji, the former Fenerbahce player, had put the visitors ahead in the 73rd minute, but Roberto Soldado quickly equalized in the 74th minute, uh, minute and Mehmet Ikeji clinched the victory in the 86th minute for Fenerbahce. Very um, spectacular turnaround there, but... Sivaspor will be kicking themselves after that. They played a good game, in my opinion. I'm going to throw it to you first, of course, Burak. What was your opinion on this match? It's it's never easy with us at the moment. We need to be just looking for results. The first half was hard to watch. Passes weren't finding their feet. I don't know how many different left-back, left-wing, right-back, right-wing combinations we've had so far. Um, the players don't seem to know each other which is worrying. Um, I did enjoy watching Mihar Zaitz again. I think he, he looks comfortable on the ball. Um, maybe he's still trying to get to know his teammates and just trying to get to know what type of football we're playing. But I have high hopes for him in the coming seasons. I think he's going to be very good. It's just a shame that Dinar is missing because he built up in a very good partnership with Muritsu um, Isla down that right-hand side. But it was bad defending again from us. And the, the past um, came in. No one was picking up Azad. Um, it seems like our ex-players love scoring against us. I, I always liked Azad. Um, you know, a bit tricky. I just don't, it didn't work out for him at Fenerbahce. Like it doesn't work out for maybe eighty percent of the the players that we sign. That man Soldado, he, he's on a, a nice run of form at the moment, scoring. Put us back into it. And the Ekiji goal. I mean, I don't know what happened with the the Sivas goalkeeper there. Um, he slipped, I think. Prior, I mean, he did slip clearly, and then, uh, then I don't know what he was doing. So, but you know, we're just thankful that that went in under his between his legs. So that obviously counts counts as two, um, as we know from playing um, in, in in the streets as when we were kids. Um, it's good to see Moses. He was in, involved in the build-up play for both goals, so he's looking a lot more like fitter and stronger. It's good that he's he's contributing in in a in a positive way. It's good to see him, but I do think the way we're defending and the the amount of chances Ankaraguji created in their game this week, you know, we're in for a bit of trouble if we can't get our defence together because we played them first game back in Ankara after the international break, and then of course I guess we've got to talk about the potential penalty that could have been given um, by the the. Maybe was it a foul by Sadik when he pushed the, the Silasport oh, yeah, yeah. player? Yeah. So far didn't intervene on that one. I don't think um, so. And so the referee didn't see it, and he wasn't told by the VAR team to have a look at it. But if you look at the penalty that was given to us for a foul on Sadar Aziz, you know the push in the face and then the flipping him on his back. No, did Sadik? Was there enough contact there to give a penalty? That's debatable. And at the end of the game, 
it was Sadak again, a Sivaspor player, ran past him. And he almost went to grab his shirt, but then he turned it into like a little tap on the back. I think he just needs to tone down his, his aggressiveness a little bit. But I think that maybe playing alongside like, maybe Sadar as is when Skirtle goes off at the end of the season, it might help him like tactically a little bit, you know, to but I don't want him to at the same time I don't want him to lose what makes him so lovable, the fact that he, he's aggressive and he likes to get involved. But when you're in a penalty area of sunshine that needs to be, you know, left to one side. Overall, a very important three points. Um on the basis of it we did we deserve it? Uh Probably a draw would have been the fairer result, but you know when you've got someone class like Ikechi who can put a ball like that in, and you have the the Sivasport goalkeeper losing his mind, then um, what can what can you say? Um, happy, and I hope that uh, Dirad and Valbuena and Topol uh, recover from the injuries in time for the match against Ankaragücü when we're back from the international break. Yeah, I've just got in my notes here poor goalkeeping from the Sivas GK both goals, which I think is understatement of the century. Um, I think on balance, Fenerbahce probably deserved to win the game. Um, like um, Galatasaray had a little mini comeback as well. Um, I think Moses was involved with a, with a kind of a cheeky trip in the first half as well, which could have which which kind of went unpunished. Um, and then of course he could have made it three one at the end as well. So his there are a few moments involving Moses that were quite critical during the match, I think. Exactly, I could have yeah. sworn uh, that, that, that he had scored, actually. I, I didn't have the volume up way high, and uh, when he, you know, when that opportunity came along in at a time or whatever it was for Moses, th- then it, it, I didn't see it go wide, and then the next image was him sitting on his ass, basically yeah. pointing up into the sky, so I thought he was just celebrating. So I was like, oh, a 3-1. But then, like thirty seconds later, I realized <laughs> that he had missed. Yeah. So uh, no, but I, I, I wouldn't say that this was a unbalanced, deserved win. Actually, I mean, I was really impressed with Sivasport. Well, deserved. Um, I think Sivasport will be kicking themselves because they, they, they were in. I think the dominant side. They, there were there were spells in the match where they just absolutely pushed Fenerbahce back, had control, were ticking the ball around and, and really ma- making things difficult. It wasn't just slow passing around of the ball, but actually uh, pushing Fenerbahce back into their own half, bringing the game to them, really bringing the fight to them. Um, and yeah, that goal was deserved and a really well-crafted one at that. But then just, yeah, you, you score such an important goal for them. Big away game, whether Fenerbahce are at the bottom of the table or at the top of the table. This is a big game. Uh, you're scoring the 73rd minute and then you're supposed to concentrate, but that just didn't happen. I, I don't know what that, that equalizer was. The ball just kind of uh, pinpointed, like a pinball machine just went around a little bit and then ended up back at Soldado and he just... I don't know what that kind of goal that was, what the goalkeeper and, and defense were doing there. But then the second goal, yeah, uh, Tolgahan looked really bad there. But uh, kudos for, for Ekiji. I mean, many players I don't think would have tried that shot. They probably would have tried to bring it in front of goal again. But um, he had obviously noticed the slip initially and then uh, just, you know, slammed it and... Uh, Pray to God, <laughs> and he, it went in, and, and he scored, and he didn't uh, shatter in in, in in a thousand pieces during the celebration. So uh, hopefully he'll be fit for Fenerbahce's next match. I've got him wrapped in cotton wool for these <laughs> next three weeks, <laughs> definitely. Um, and like I say, that was it was elegance from Ekiji. 
And can we say that this this victory probably has Fenerbahce now out of the relegation woes? Because with this win, they move on to 31 points, and we'll get to it later, but Gustepe did not get a win on the weekend. Bursaspor did not get a win on the weekend. In fact, both of them lost. So Gustepe on 27 and Bursa on 28 points. So Fenerbahce now four points above the, the, the relegation uh, drop-off and, and three points uh, removed from the, the second team that's closest to relegation. So a, a golden three points and probably the points that's kind of put them in a somewhat more comfortable position and, and save them perhaps? Uh, not at all for me. I mean, we've still got to go away to Ankara and then we have Galatasaray right after. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, true. So for me, uh, I, I just want to keep on getting three points and keep on winning matches um, and until it's mathematically impossible, impossible then... <laughs> I'm just going to be having uh, palpitations each week watching us play. And I, I can't wait for the season to finish. <laughs> so, yeah, Burak obviously is a little bit more wary as there, but what do you think? Is I mean, I, still I, in danger? I can I can understand his fear because four points is not very much, uh, especially when you look at the, the, the next few games. But uh, it certainly gives him a little bit of breathing space, at least kind of the psychological safety of not being in the relegation zone anymore. So that's a huge advantage. Um, I think Fenerbahce will be safe, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it, at this point, they're, they've probably got the train somewhat on track, and uh, they'll be yeah. fine, I think. Uh, in fact, I mean, I did end up cutting that part, but last week we talked about it as well, that, that they're actually in a position now where they could even make a run for Europe because there are only four points behind Konyaspor um, and, and I'm just quickly going to take a look but uh, I believe Malatyaspor are now on 37 points so they're uh, the team to beat really for 5th place at the moment if I'm not mistaken um, yep. and and the thing is there's, there's this possibility of, of Galtrai winning the cup there's a possibility of, of, of a Besiktas perhaps getting a European ban that's being talked about. Um, so in, in the, if that would be the case, then places uh, five and perhaps even six could go theoretically to Europe. So it's 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 crazy, but Fenerbahce could actually qualify for European football if they continue to do well. Although I do have to say for me. If I look at the teams that are uh, somewhat in contention for that five and si- fifth and sixth spot, and r- for me, Riza Spor are my favorites. But a couple of weeks ago, I said Konya Spor were my favorites, and look what happened to them. So, yeah, um, I'm clearly you, a jinx. You've cursed them, and because they're managed by I called Kojiman, you're probably quite happy that oh, you yeah. jinxed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the Fenerbahce Europe thing, we've still got to raise 60 million euros. Somehow, yeah, so I'm, that's I'm, true as well. Yeah. I'm looking for donations from both of you guys for a very good cause. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few euros left over from the weekend, which you can have. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I no, no, no. You're not getting my money, man. Uh, Saturday results: Konya Spor uh, and Rizespor played the early game, and Konya Spor losing at home to the inform Rizespor two nil. Vedat Muric getting the scoring started in just the second minute, and uh, Brian Samudio scored again. That's the second week in a row that he scores, or even the third week, if I'm, I'm not 100 sure on it. In the 68 minute, he finished it off really uh, from a Vedat Muric assist. It does have to be said. Konya Konyaspor were uh, trying, were pounding on the door, but uh, Rizespor hit them on the break, and uh, they get again three points. Um, there was also a red card for Nate Skubic in the 76th minute. There's, I don't really think there's much to be said about that uh, red card, and I don't know if either of you disagree with that decision. Um, but let's start with you first, Ozer. What what is your overall opinion on the match? Uh, overall, um, not too much of a surprise given the recent form of both teams. Uh, RZA continue their, their excellent form of the year. I think they're the third most informed team after Galatasaray and Basakshir here. Yep. Also want to want to highlight uh, Vedat Muric as well, who's been a key performer for them. Mm-hmm. He's scored 11 and made 7 assists in 26 yep. games, which is which is very impressive. He's been involved in 48% of all their goals. So he is real the, the key man for, for RZA, I suppose. Yeah, especially if you see where he started off, I believe he was playing for Girishun Spor not too That's long right, he ago was, yeah. in the second division. But even back then, I mean, he's only still 24, I believe, and he was yeah. tipped as a really big talent back then. And and yeah, he's really coming into his own, and he was already decent uh, in the past couple of years, but he's really having a good season now, and he's being one of those uh, key components for Resist Sports Resurgence alongside uh, Samudio Sheshu. And a few others. Uh, Burak, mm. what are your what's your opinion on this match? I thought it was a great great performance by Rizzo. They're, they're showing everyone why they're you know revered and you know play such entertaining football. Um, and Konya have just just fallen off a cliff and just forgotten how to defend. I mean that that first goal, the defending was horrendous, and then the second they got caught on a classic counter, whether the pace with Rizzo. Um, Art of Sheju not really having to get on the score sheet this time. He's letting his uh, teammates do it for him. And the third goal that Riza scored, that was ruled off for offside. That was a correct decision. Not that they you know, really needed it. And if we go back to the, the red card for Skubic, um, I don't think it was intentional. But it was dangerous play. The foot was high no, and reckless. reckless. So that's he, yeah. he has to go. But, you know, we've seen... Now we'll get we'll get onto Yasin Ustikin later on because I, I do not like that man. Oh, yeah. um, but we'll save that for that particular game. Um, but yeah, n- no uh, qualms about the red card for that one. You know, um, even if you were going to play the ball, you, you played played man reckless red card, correct decision. Yeah, a uh, pretty straightforward win, I guess. I, I do have to say Konyaspor put up a fight, but uh, the, that second goal just killed it. And uh, Gokhan Okan having another great match and uh, keeping a clean sheet and keeping it 1-0 at the time and, and just uh, long enough for uh, them to get that second goal. So let's move on to the, the craziest match, perhaps, on this uh, on Saturday. That was Akisar against Kasim Pasha. And uh, this one ended in 2-3, Kasim Pasha's first win in 2019, I'm, I'm going to add that already. Uh, Bangali Koita had gotten the scoring started in the 7th minute for Kasim Pasha after a really good offensive start from the visitors and, and they really deserved to go up early on. But then after that goal it kind of 
gone down. It seemed that Kasim Pasha were happy with that. Elvis Manu uh, capitalizing on that in the 32nd minute by uh, making the equalizer. This was, was assisted by Jeremy Bokila. And the next one was scored by Jeremy Bokila in the 62nd minute when Akisar were awarded a penalty kick for a fall on Jeremy Bokila. He converted it himself. Um, but, Abdul Ka- uh, but Abdul Khalifi, the Swedish international, scored... The equalizer in the 87th minute, a really nice shot from just on the edge of the box. And then Mahmoud Trezeguet, who else? The unavoidable Egyptian pharaoh in the fourth minute of stoppage time makes it two to three for Kasim Pasha. And I think that puts them clear of relegation woes for the time being, at least. Akisar, perhaps the final nail in their coffin. And um, yeah, like I said, first win for Kasim Pasha. Burak, your opinion first, please. I mean, I still can't believe Akisad are, are rock uh, rock bottom. I mean, they, they don't play horrendous football like some yeah. teams we've seen in the past, but they just, you know, we need to talk about Lukacs because those last two goals, mm-hmm. he, was, he was a statue. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that the ball came through a crowd of players and for both the, the goals, um, Trezeguet in particular. But I think you should have enough wits about you as a goalkeeper to position yourself or somehow sense where the ball's going to go. Because when they both strikes appeared, he just appeared rooted as if mm-hmm. he didn't know what was happening on. And he's been poor for the last like four or five games, the, the goals he's let in, the errors he's made. So well, He's been making a lot of big saves in those matches, but then I think it's just... Not so much in this game, he didn't have to make that many, but I think at the end of the day, it's maybe just a little bit of yeah, one or two chances too many that he just, yeah, I don't know. He's been making impressive saves, but like you said, he's he's been blundering at the same time. I mean, it's all good making very good saves, but when the errors that you're making, the individualistic errors that are causing your team to lose games, so I don't know if that's affected his confidence at all, but... You know, shout out to to Trezeguet, who he's putting himself in a shop window. Um, I don't know if you'll stay in the Turkish league because I don't know if any of the the, the top three can afford him and his wages. Um, Maybe Başakşehir. Uh, oh God, please no. Um, I, just send wonder, send him somewhere else. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's a case to be made for Trezeguet to be the most informed Egyptian player right now. Yeah, Mo, Mo Salah this, isn't really yeah. having a great season, so Salah's uh, having a slump. So yeah. You might be, uh, you might be right. I mean, I'm obviously not uh, that well informed on on how the the players in in Egypt themselves are doing, but yeah, definitely, I think <laughs> he uh, he is is definitely one that catches the eye, and he's having a great season. So, and you know, despite the fact that Kasim Pasha have really gone downhill so much, he is one of the few that has sustained his level really um, of of excellence, and I think he would be a coup for any of the the, the top teams in Turkey. But realistically, I don't think he is. A, he I don't think he is affordable but then again i thought the same thing about Mbaye Diagne. so who am i <laughs> to say uh Uzer, your opinion uh nothing more to add to this game really just uh, mm. agree that it's a shame if i or rather when i go down because yeah. they do play some neat football and guys like elvis manu are a great great yeah. addition to the league and it'll be a shame to see these guys go so i hope they stick they... around Move they on seem to, other to clubs. be a victim of the fact of how competitive the league is this season because mm. we've said it so many times already in just the five episodes that we've recorded, but there isn't an obvious ugly duckling that 
just deserves to go down. I think there's it's a shame we're losing any team at this point. Um, well, I mean, there's a couple of teams I wouldn't mind losing, but yeah, you know, in terms of performance-wise, I, I think that it's, it's a little bit of a shame to see some of these teams that are going to go down when we're probably going to get less quality in return from the from the second division. Um, but uh, yeah, Akisar maybe the victim of their own success as well turkish cup winners super cup winners europa league maybe it's all just a little bit too much i mean remember karabuk spore a couple of years ago when they managed to qualify for the uh no they did actually oh, no, that's, they, they, that's they, right yeah they qualified for the qualifiers but then they didn't get to the group stages but that cost them early on as well and, and we've seen it with konya sport too the first season they were in europe it really cost them a lot of points and they narrowly managed to avoid relegation and Sometimes it's just a little bit too much to handle for uh, for some clubs. Um, yeah. But let's move on to the other important match in terms of the relegation zone. Erzurumspor against Trabzonspor. Probably the one of the last chances for Erzurumspor to hopefully save themselves. But Trabzonspor putting the last nail to their coffin with Antony Nwakaeme's goal in the 63rd minute. Uh, Nwakaeme had also gotten a second goal a little bit later on, but that one was disallowed for a fall from Hugo Rodallega after a VAR check. He had uh, kind of pushed his hand into a defender's face. It wasn't too much of contact in my opinion, but he did get a yellow card for that. There was also a, a disallowed goal from Erzurum Spore right before that, I think, for offside. Um, and there was also, I think, a little bit of a hand uh, involved there. So um, two VAR decisions, one disallowed goal for Erzurum Spore, one disallowed goal for um, Trabzonspor, final scoreline reads 0-1 in Trabzonspor's favor. Trabzonspor now firmly in fourth position with 43 points. And uh, they're six points clear off of Malatyaspor, if I'm not mistaken. And four points behind uh, Besiktas. Um, or let's throw to you first. Antonio Nakaeme, definitely oh, one yeah. of the revelations of the season, right? Absolutely, what a guy. He's scored four goals in his last three games now. And he's really on fire, single-handedly carrying clubs on over the line in this game yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the main reasons that they are in the position they're in in the league, and why they're probably going to go to Europe next season. Yeah, that's right. He's he's a re- he's a really talented striker. I mean, I didn't know much about him before he came to Turkey. To be honest, I think he was playing in uh, Beersheba in Israel. Yeah. Besiktas um, played uh, against Beersheba two seasons ago, and he was playing for them then. And I remember talking to an Israeli journalist, and he said, that guy's going to be dangerous. Watch him. Yeah. And and he was right, because in both matches, Nwakaeme stood out in a positive way. I thought, again, we saw Arzurum played a good game of football you know, at home. It's tougher teams to go there. They hit the post, mm-hmm. I think, at nil-nil, the great quick free kick from yep. Edu, um, trying to catch out Urjan almost. But... Orja made some good saves, uh, kind of you know, staking his claim to his national team selection. Um, as for the, the both the VAR calls, I thought they were both correct. I think maybe, uh, I think was it Rodeiga that pushed a guy in the face and was maybe a bit harsh yeah. to get, a bit harsh to get the yellow yeah. card. But I think you know, as the VAR protocol, you know, you have to let the the play finish and then you know initiate the review. Um, and that was correct. And the goal that Aslam scored, um, it did hit the other guy's hand. 
Um, but that wouldn't. Well, it, it, he was in an offside position when the ball hit him and went in, and plus it hit his hand on the way in as well. So they were both the correct yeah. calls, and so that's where you know Far has got it right on both occasions um, in that goal. And with with, um, with Azram, I don't know if Egemen will stay with them when they go down, or if he'll just. I doubt uh, it. I think uh, many of their better players will scatter. Same thing with Akisar, probably. Yeah, so it'll be good to see Egevan stay in the, in the Super League and hopefully score another a belting header at some point, you know, um, next season. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, let's move on to the Antalya Derby. Antalya Sport beating Alanya Sport 3-0. This one uh, seems pretty straightforward, and, and, and it pretty much was. It didn't really become a competitive match until after the 3-0 was already on the scoreboard. Hakan Uzmert opening the scoreline with a phenomenal free kick in the 22nd minute. Suleymana Dukara, he thought, ah, I can do that too, and he just... Uh, yeah, bolted in uh, a shot from the edge of the area. Not a free kick, though, but a really nice shot. And then uh, Anilton in the 48 minutes uh, put the 3-0 final scoreline on the scoreboard. Sergen Yelchin was shortly thereafter ejected from the match. The Alanya Sport coach, of course, after exchanging words with Anilton. Um, and then we had a, a barrage of chances for Alanya Spor after that, really. Uh, one of which ended up in the goal, but Papi Sisse's goal got disallowed. I think that was for offside, if I'm not mistaken. And there were a, a couple more chances, and, and Alanya Spor really could have gotten on the score sheet here and probably deserved to get on the score sheet, but at the end of the day, uh, they didn't. And the final scoreline 3 0. Pretty straightforward win for Antalya Spor. It never really was a very competitive match after that. Uh, Kind of a blitzkrieg, so to speak, between minute minute twenty six and minute thirty two, and that was just too much for Alanya Sport to overcome. Uh, the the seaside derby, um, reminiscent of Bournemouth versus Brighton in the Premiership here in England, oh, to our listeners, it is. So I'm sure it was a nice day out for both of the teams. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the the, the the woeful defending on that third goal that Hamilton scored. I, I don't know what the Alanya Sport defence were thinking there. Um, already, sec- uh, they, maybe, they were still in the dressing room. <laughs> they, they'll probably think about the beach and having you know some rockabaluk or something maybe after the game. Yeah. Um, but don't they, blame them. It, yeah, you know, if you're there, no why not? Me, thanks. Um, I think Haidar should have done better on the, that second Antalya goal, goal by Dukara. Um, mm. I just think he could have, you know, yeah. he just seemed in a very ineffective. Um, the the Papi Sise goal was disallowed for offside. That was a correct call. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the replay, you can see that was off. Um, one question I have: Do you know why they were holding up the the Sardaros Khan jersey after they they scored their goals? Um, I must have missed that. Was that is he is he out injured or something at the moment? I believe I so. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he 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 is out, but I think someone in his family passed away as well hmm. over the weekend. If that's the case, a great gesture by by, by the players um, and uh, the free kick by Harkon to kick things off. I just yeah, absolute thunderbolt. Oh. Yeah, and everyone should check that goal out. It was really impressive. Yeah, you know, you know what? It's funny because I always viewed Hakan Özmert as a very dull central defensive midfielder before his stint at Antalya. Now, because he's 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 been at a few clubs and he was always kind of in that like uh, Mahmoud Tigdemir role. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the you know dirty worker. Mm. You know, just a guy that that. That's, does all that kind of stuff, and, and here at Antalya Sport, he's taking corner, he's taking free kicks, all that kind of stuff, and he's involved in attacks, getting on the score sheet from time to time. He's got a couple of nice goals on his name, um, and yeah, this was yeah, impressive. you're right. 
He uh, he's a classic utility player, Hakan Özil. I think he's kind of the James Milner of Antalya Spor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that sea air, isn't it? He's moved to Antalya. Yeah, he's, he's by the beach. He's got <laughs> sand between his toes at the weekends. He's oh. got all the tourists, you know, coming into the bars and clubs. He's just he's found peace, and that's yeah, you know, exactly, and that's showing in his football. So more free kicks like that, please, as long well, as they're not against how us. How did Anakin Skywalker say it? I hate sand. It's rough and gets everywhere. Anyway, <laughs> let's move over to the the late game on Saturday. Besiktas taking on Gustepe. This was uh, an incredibly important match for Gustepe. Uh, less so for Besiktas, and that was uh, noticeable because this match was uh, rather dull um, in terms of uh, goal-scoring opportunities, at least. Besiktas winning this one 1-0 with uh, Burak Yilmaz goal in the 46th minute, right after... Uh, kickoff of the second half really and that was probably the only de- decent attack they had all match um, there was a disallowed goal in the first half for Yasin Ustekin from uh, he, yeah, he was offside uh, I think it was a right call but I'm gonna throw to you in a second guys and then there was also an Atiba handball in the first match and the first half that uh, was highlighted by BN Sports and uh, potentially could have been a penalty so um, quickly gonna give my views on this I think Bishtesh was really poor here, uh, no chances whatsoever in the first half. Gustepe were well organized, the positioning on the field was really good, they were able to um, force Besiktas to basically you know, pass the ball among the defenders and the defensive midfielders, and, and, and the, the, the attacking players were rarely reached. Uh, from the attacking players, I think only Shinji Kagawa made a decent impression on me. This was his first start for Besiktas, by the way. A lo- no, not his second start, but his first start alongside uh, Adam Ljajic, which is something I was personally looking forward to, and I was uh, not uh, very impressed, unfortunately, uh, because yeah, the offensive players of Bistis were just so, yeah, just not involved in this match. Although I do have to say, Kagawa throughout the match, you can see his quickness, the, the, the level at which he's thinking, and, and opening passes to the left, to the right, and he had some really impressive uh, passes that uh, that deserve highlighting, but at the end of the day, he didn't get on the score sheet, he didn't get an assist or anything like that, so this would not be remembered as a as a... As a, as a great match for him, but uh, Burak Yilmaz scoring his 11th goal in his 15th appearance this season. Of course, he had scored 5 for Trabzonspor in 7 games, and now he scored 6 for Besiktas in 8 games. Um, I don't really have much more to add to this. This was a, uh, yeah, a, an ugly 3 points for Besiktas, and a very unfortunate loss for Gustepe in the sense that they, they did they just need to pick up points because they're in, 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 in so much trouble and they'll be happy with uh, the mon- uh, with with the later result uh, on, on Sunday but um, yeah they need to start winning some games. Um are gonna throw to you first your opinion on the match uh, the Atiba handball I want your opinion on that and then uh, if you have anything additional to add. Yeah I think uh, Beshik does deserve to win I agree that it was a kind of a not, not the most exciting game ever. It was a great goal from Borak, actually. A really wonderful header. Better made some good saves. One critical save towards the end, but eventually it amounted to nothing, really. Gustav's situation looking very, very dangerous indeed. And, and what about the, the handball from Atiba? Do you think that was a penalty? I've seen them given, to be honest. Uh, it could have gone either way. could have gone either way. Okay, start off with you, Borak. Penalty on uh, the Atiba handball? Uh, that no. could have changed the match. 
it could have. I don't think that's the penalty for me. I don't think he's made an effort to handle the ball and mm-hmm. he's not made an effort to actively get his hand towards the ball. So I think it would have been very harsh. It would have been given. And for me, it was not a penalty. Um, I think Yasin is very lucky to stay on the field. I've never liked him. I've always thought he was a dirty player. Um, he's, you know, he's continued that at Gostepe. He's tipsies um, completely. <laughs> He's just someone who he's almost like like a Turkish Robbie Savage. If our listeners can you know, get the idea of that, I, I don't like him. Yeah. Um, and the Wales he, International, right? Yes, um, back in. But the, Robbie the, Savage has has a bit of charm, at least. I don't think Yasin even has that. <laughs> that's true. If you take any kind of charm away from Robbie Savage, you're left with the Yasin nose sticking. And <laughs> yeah, brother. He left his foot in, and although he didn't completely make a full contact. You could yeah. see that he knew he was leaving his foot in and he was a very lucky boy to stay on the pitch. And also, the offside goal that was offside, it was very lucky because Carriage just charged out, you know, a la, you know, Rushta slash Volkan. Um, so, but that wasn't offside. So. Otherwise, a really good performance by Carriers, though, I thought. Yeah, and and right at the end, the chance to make it 2-0, but mm. Burak has never been known for his square balls. So ideally, you wanted Leitch to be in that position to cross it in for Burak yeah, to score his second. But I didn't think it was too bad, but Beto was just really quick off his line and did well there. Um, More pace. I reckon someone like a Leitch or Kagawa would have like just spun that in. Um, oh, yeah, with, I mean, with, with pace, so yeah. and that would if that was anyone else, that would or Charisma. I don't know if he was still on the pitch at that point. Nah, Charisma doesn't like to give low crosses, he uh, likes to put a little bit of uh, flamboyance behind his crosses. So I was actually really surprised with his cross because that's that Charisma is, is he, he likes to kick his crosses from stance, and you know, I don't know, like these quick crosses that come in like that, that, that doesn't happen too often with him, and it was a really good attack. and it was the only really good attack from the match, except for maybe the counter at the end. But uh, yeah, it was definitely worth noticing. And I think it was Leitch who set that up. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the Yasin position, I didn't want to say too much about it because I knew you were going to talk about it, Burak. But I do want to throw this out there now. That was a fall on Ricardo Quaresma, by the way. What if the roles were reversed? Do you think he would have gotten yellow or red? Because Quaresma tends to get red cards that other players might not. Not saying that... It's there aren't reds, but I, I, you know, I think if that had been Caresso doing that, he would have got a red because he's unfortunately his reputation precedes him. Um, I, I don't think Yasin has been given that many high profile red cards as well, and he's not as high profile a player. So, unfortunately, um, even though it, it should be called as it is, you know, some players' reputation. Um, precedes them and that may have an effect on the referee's decision for whatever reason which shouldn't be the case but but sadly it can be what do you think Azar? oh sorry to cut you off yeah I I, I agree I mean uh, Yassin has had his his moments as well where he's been where he's given red cards I think he got a really lengthy ban a couple of years ago as well um, charging up to the referee but uh, but like you say he's he's not in the same league as Quaresma so He, he yeah He's very lucky that he was able to stay on the pitch. Let's move on. Uh, not much to add on this match. Uh, let's move on to Sunday results. Malatya Spor 
beating Ankaraguju 3-1. Adam Buick getting the scoring started here in the 55th minute from the penalty spot. And uh, Guillerme making it 2-0 just uh, a couple of minutes later. Three minutes later, if I'm not mistaken. Dever Urgil gets on the score sheet in the 72nd minute. And uh, then we had uh, Ahmed Ildis basically finishing it off in the third minute of stoppage time. Um, Daniel Alexic was the one winning the penalty for Malatya Spor. He's, he's one of my favorite players in the league. I'd like to point that out. Uh, just because I, I think he's been very consistent throughout the first and the second half of the season, and he's one of those few players. He's like he's like Trezeguet for Kasim Pasha, uh, and, but then for Malatya Spor, he's like one of the few players whose form hasn't dipped in the second half of the season. But there were many chances for Ankara Guju to to at least get a point here, and um, all in all. Personally, I kind of felt like this was a, a little bit of a hold-up when it comes uh, to Malatya Spor and, and, and Ankaragücü deserved at least a point. Um, and there was also a, a, a disallowed goal for Ankara for offside. Um, but just so many chances, they really should have put one of those away. And then in the end, of course, uh, Malatya Spor making a three, but plenty of chances for Ankaragücü. Uh, Uzer, throwing to you first, your opinion on this match. Yeah, Ankara could have scored at least five goals in this game. Uh, it looks like... Uh if if Orgil and Tyler Boyd aren't playing at maximum capacity, Ankara did tend to struggle quite a bit. But uh, today, I mean, but at the weekend, they really had quite a few chances. I was shocked at the uh, at the result when I checked back at the highlights of this one because it really flattered my light for. Yeah, definitely a little bit of an exaggerated scoreline, wouldn't you say, Burak? I think so, yeah. I think uh, Ankara Guju were very unlucky there. If they had just had their finishing boots on, um, I don't know who the guy was that blazed over at 2-1. Might have been Urgil, Urgil, but I'm not sure. It definitely wasn't Urgil that blazed over at 2-1. Um, I'm not sure if it was Tyler Boyd, but the great chance you know, to make it 2-2, and he just leant back and put it into the stands. Um, Orgil's disallowed goal was, was a correct offside decision. Um, but again, he gets onto the onto the score sheet, and you know Uncle you need him to be firing on all cylinders to have a chance of staying up. If we look at it, the first penalty for the handball, you know, I don't think that was a, a penalty personally. Wasn't it uh, a fall on on Alexic in the first uh, one? Was it a trip? Wasn't there a second penalty? Or was there a hand? Oh, there was a potential penalty shout for a handball that wasn't given. Oh, okay. Initially, and I thought that was a correct decision, but the penalty was was a trip. Yep, the, yeah. the player moving at speed, and you know, you stick a leg out, he goes yeah. over. Um, but yeah, that's Malachi's first win in six now. So it's crazy how that they are still in fifth position, and Konya are still sixth. Despite. It really, really is. Yeah, not much to add here, I think. Uh, let's move on to uh, the next one, which is uh, of great interest to mainly Galatasaray fans. Kaiserispor Bashakshi here. This one ended 1-1. Um, but that scoreline does not tell the entire story. Shamil Chinas gets the scoring started in the 20th minute for Kaiserispor. And Emmanuel Adebayor equalizes in the 7th minute of added time from the penalty spot. Uh, basically, VAR was involved in both those goals. Uh, first, to grant the goal for um, Kayseri Spore because it had crossed the line and it wasn't a fall on the goalkeeper. And then the second one, to award a penalty in uh, the 94th minute. And it took a while before that could be taken. That's why the, 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 yeah, the goal came so late. Um, but really... 
Apart from a really big opportunity for Umut Bulut at 1-0 late in the match, this was all Bashakshir one-way traffic. Idin Vishcha not having his game because he missed, uh, I don't know, a couple of sitters. And, and especially at the end, I think he had like two or three 100% chances that he just put wide. Uh, one really good header heading opportunity where he headed it wide. Then a one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper where he blasted it wide. Uh, he wasn't composed at all, uh, which we're not used to from him. He's usually one of the most composed players Bashakshir have. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't even count the chances, but I think Bashakshir probably had... 10 11 chances here and the fact that it remained uh one nil for as long as it did and the fact that it ended in in, in a loss of points for bashakshi here um you know it's 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 for galtray fans they'll probably think oh two points okay we probably would have preferred them to drop uh to lose it but for bashakshi here i think Sometimes you're just going to have those matches where you're going to drop points because things just don't go your way. But if you are still able to dominate like this, I don't think it'll affect them much. Um, those are going to throw to you first. But first, yeah, your opinion on, on the results. Obviously, you're happy with it. But do you think it, it's, it's a, a sign of the cracks starting to show or if it's just... Uh, yeah, something that's going to happen two or three times in the season, but it's not really going to put uh, yeah, any 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 hurdles in front of them. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, unfortunately. Uh, despite the fact that they dropped points, they totally dominated the game. Um, having said that, I watched the whole match live and I was absolutely raging at the final whistle because the manner in which they were able to nab the point at the end of the match was what really disappointed me. Um, looking back on the game, Umut Bullet had a golden opportunity to make it 2-0 and missed. And it was just wave after wave of Bashak Shehir attacks. And I thought, you know what, maybe this is the chance. Maybe this, after they lose the game 1-0, this will be the start of, uh, of, of the cracks in their armour. But sadly, the 1-1 um, just was just, it's just too much of a psychological... Yeah. Um, blow, I think, to, to anyone chasing Bashak Shahir and too much of a uh, sort of um, uh, an extra layer of protection for them going forward because they, despite missing all those golden chances, they still came away with a point. So I think that will give them an e extra confidence going forward, if anything. Yeah, they might f they might just get this little feeling of, of, of unbeatability at the moment. I mean, they just exactly. seem. You know they still have those those matches against Besiktas, against uh, Galatasaray coming up, and they still have a couple of really difficult uh, games against uh, mid-table teams. Like uh, I believe yeah. they still play Rizespor, they still play Konyaspor, so they still definitely have plenty of difficult matches. But if I'm honest, I I don't know if 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 um, if I can see Besiktas or Galatasaray beat them at this point. Yeah, that's uh, true. I mean, they, they by far and away play the best football in the league, and they have been doing so. Since the start yeah. of the season, so so from few, purely footballing reasons, they fully deserve to win the league. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that's not everything. So, Brock, anything to add in terms of the VAR decisions, the match procedures, or are you or, or, or anything? Yeah, anything that we missed, perhaps. Um, the penalty, um, I that was extremely soft. Um, decided yeah. to go to go to VAR, and those are the penalties that. He barely been... looked at it as well. I mean, he he made up his mind really quickly. Exactly. I mean, it's the kind of 
penalty shout that we had in the previous mm-hmm. um game, which didn't even go to VAR, it wasn't, you know, initiated. But for this um it was initiated and it was the same. Um the hand wasn't to towards the ball. Um the player I think even turned his back, you know, mm-hmm. to, to the shot. Yeah, so he wasn't yeah. aware of the ball coming towards his hand and you know, we love our rules by the IFAB, you know, that states that that shouldn't be a handball and as in and a foul should be awarded. I know, you know, Roberto Rossetti came out to say in the Champions League, if the player makes himself a big, then it should be given as a penalty. Yeah, that's, that's on a that's on a wall though. That's yeah. on, a, on a free yeah. kick or something like that. Oh, it's a shot because is... that you know when it hit Kimpambe, um, the shot was given as a oh, penalty. Right. It was a shot. You're right. It was a shot. So, but that is just for European but, football. But he's turning away, and I don't know if he's making himself. He's trying to turn his back to the. For me, it was. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it before we started recording again because I had seen it uh, live, and I was like, nah, it's not a penalty. But then I had some people telling me on tw- uh, on Twitter, yeah, it's a penalty, it's a penalty for me. Um, but I I just watched it again earlier, and, and I was I still had the same feeling. I didn't, like, I, I've been able to sleep on it and, and everything, and I watched it again, I'm like, yeah, it's just, no. I mean, I, there, I've seen... Different. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Emre Tajdimir's handball against Bursaspor. To me, that's far more clear a penalty than this is. So why is VAR? That's the consistency issue with VAR here. I I don't know. I I just felt like that was a little bit of a. Yeah. I mean, we've spoken about Prashakshir losing points like against Fenerbahce because of a because of VAR being offline. But they've had a couple of situations as well, I think, where they've gotten a couple of points now with VAR. So uh, this was definitely something that Uzra uh, can add to his list. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to the final match. Uh, but it does, it, it does show the mental strength of Bishakshir. That does have to be said. But let's move on to the final match on Sunday and of match day 26. Um, Bursa Spore. Galtzrai, this one ended 2-3. I'd say spectacular, but it was done and dusted by the 63rd minute, I felt like. Uh, Despite the fact that Bursaspor went 2-0 up, Diafra Sako had put them 1-0 up after a fantastic rush from Yusuf Erdogan on the right side. Henry Saive had made it 2-0 with a brilliant strike in the 42nd minute, and then you think, okay, they're gonna go in 2-0 at halftime, Galtry haven't been able to do anything, not a single chance, but then in the second minute of stoppage time, Badu Ndaye gets a headed goal, uh, which puts Beshi, uh, sorry, which puts Galtry back in the match, um, and then coming out of the dressing room, Galtry taking control of the match, Bursaspor just leaning back, and not playing their football anymore, and that resulted in a penalty in the 55th minute, converted by Mbaya Diagne after VAR had uh, told the referee to go take a look. It was a fall on Younes Belhanda. I have to say at first I didn't think it was one, but I watched it back and uh, can't really uh, can't really say uh, anything about it, honestly. And uh, then Sofian Figuli in the 62nd minute made the comeback complete because he put Galtzrai ahead and... Uh, yeah, after that, not really much to of note in terms of Bursaspor, of uh, having a final offense or anything like that. Um, it just always kind of seemed like they were going to lose this in the second half. And there was a little, maybe a little bit of a tale of two halves, 
because Bursaspor deserved to go into the halftime in the lead. Uh, Galatasaray disappointing, but in the second half they turned things around and, and they they deserve to win, I think. Um, although there's one more thing, maybe Emre Tajdemir, already on a yellow card, made a very clear fall uh, just after the 2-3. Probably should have been sent off there, already had a handball in the first half, that could have been a penalty. Well, that was when the scoreline was 1-0, not 2-0. That's a big difference in my opinion, because if it's 2-0 and then you don't get the penalty, then it could be 3-0, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, yeah, deserved win for Galtzrai, I would say, but perhaps Emre Tajdemir should have been sent off. Your opinion, uh, Uzer? Yeah, I agree. I think Emre was, was lucky not to see the second yellow there. Um, I think this fixture generally can, can, can tend to be quite a gold fest and can tend to be quite entertaining matches. So I think uh, had this game had an air of predictability about it to a certain degree. Uh, even when Borussia forward were 2-0 up, I kind of felt quietly confident that that Galatasaray wouldn't 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 leave also uh, empty-handed. Actually, I, I just stuck a fiver on it to um, on Galatasaray to win after they were two 0 down. Sure enough, they they paid up after that, so I was quite pleased. Paid for my drinks at the weekend. I think not really too many other takeaways from this. I mean, seeing the uh, the result in Bashakshir kind of demoralised me really, to be honest. So. It doesn't really change anything in uh, in terms of our pursuit for the title, which I think is pretty much dead. So, although yeah. it's good games, some good goals, some some minor action points, there's no real huge takeaways from 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 this game, unfortunately for me. What about you, Borak? Any big takeaways? Any uh, thing that hasn't been said yet, or maybe something you would like to add on? Uh, just would say that uh, the second Borussia Sport goal by um, um, who is it? Seve. 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 It's like what a, what a strike! I, I don't think any goalkeeper would have saved that, but I think maybe the defence should have um, run out to him a little bit quicker. Um, you know, the Emre touched him in a second yellow card. Yeah, should have been a second yellow card, but then again, Mihal Zayt should have got a second yellow card probably in the game against Besiktas. So again, yeah, but we I think we noticed that the pattern that the, with the big teams, Galatasaray, Besiktas, Fenerbahce, those second yellows don't get given as quickly as they do for Erzurum Spor, and that's a problem, I think. It is, and that needs to be something that's uh, tightened up on in in next season. And I've also got an interesting story about the Borussia Sport Stadium. Um, as you know, it's called Tim Sacharina, which is Crocodile Arena for our English listeners who may be not too familiar. The surrounding outside of it is is still quite it's underdeveloped. It's still quite muddy. There's nothing mm-hmm. been built up, uh, and that's because of a um, lawsuit from Lacoste. Um, who, if you're familiar, um, their logo is a crocodile, and they've been in some kind of lawsuit argument with Borsaspor, saying that the the head of the crocodile is too similar to their logo. Mm -hmm. So they're embroiled in some kind of legal struggle. So... If what, a, ever... what a missed opportunity for Lacoste. They should have... Exactly, know. here, here. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Make it the Lacoste Arena and, and become their official shirt sponsor. I, I do believe Lacoste make football jerseys in France, so uh, why not? What a, uh, what a missed opportunity. For... It may have been just a typical Turkish mentality saying, no, 
this is Tim Sakharina, we don't want to work with you. But <laughs> it could that wouldn't surprise me if it was. But um, I was at my friend's house on the, the weekend and his wife is from Borsa and she was giving me the lowdown on how um, that is why the stadium is still not finished and, and developed on the outside. It's not built up. So there we go. An interesting fact for all you um, um, footy Alaturka listeners. That's go, a great bit of insight. Go look That's up the arena. Us. There's actually one more thing I'd like to add, though. Thank you for that story, by the way, Burak. Um, lot, there, there was lots of controversy about uh, Gal's rise. Um, um, I think the third goal, because people were online claiming that it was offside and that uh, BN Sports deliberately put the, the line uh, early on the screen when the ball wasn't passed yet and... My God! Okay, people, put that—that that was just a little bit. I mean, look, I'm a Besiktas fan, and I had—I have a WhatsApp group full of Besiktas uh, friends of mine, and and they were going crazy. And I was like, guys, even if you put it a split second later, it's still—it's still—he's still on side, and and we actually did that. Uh, our our good friend Umut put a line on the screening that was being shared by people across Twitter of the, in their opinion, what should have been. When the line should have been pulled, of course they didn't bother to pull a line, and Umut pulled the line, and there were still level. So, uh, just want to put that to bed that 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 wasn't that wasn't offside, uh, and you know not everything is a conspiracy. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but uh, let's no, move. it was it was onside clearly. Um, yeah. anyone complaining should go get their eyes tested. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, move on to the standings. Uh, Bajakshi are firmly in the lead with 58 points, although firmly just six points ahead of Galatasaray. Galatasaray could theoretically still catch up to them. There's still plenty of games to go. Uh, still eight matches to go and only six points. That can happen quickly. Uh, Besiktas are in third place with 47 points and then Trabzonspor are in fourth place with 43 points and there's a six-point drop-off to Malatya Spor. And uh, yeah... I think the top four, if that still changes, I would be extremely surprised. I think we're pretty set on that. Then let's move on to the bottom. Um, Akisar still rock bottom with 21 points. Erzurum Spore in seven, 17th place with uh, 22 points. And then there's a little bit of a gap already to Gustepe in 16th place with 27 points. And then in 15th place, we have Bursaspor with 28 points. And then there's uh, two teams with 31 points. That would be Fenerbahce and Ankara Guju, respectively. And they'll be playing each other in three weeks when the league returns from match day 27. Um, yeah, mainly Gustepe and Bursaspor fighting it out for the moment for that last ticket down to the TFF First Division. Uh, let's move on to the fixtures for next week. That's not correct for <laughs> in three weeks, basically. The next match will be played on the 7th of April. So the international break, of course, taking us out of the Super League for a couple of weeks. And the first match up will be Itemis Alanya Spor against Bursa Spor. The dates are not yet confirmed, so I'm just going to go down the fixtures. Galtrai will be playing Malatya Spor at home. Trabzonspor will be hosting Antalya Spor. Kasim Pasha host 
Buyuk shareability at Erzurum Spor. Göztepe do the same to Akisar Spor. Crucial match for Göztepe. They have to win this one. And that could prove three golden points for them against a team that's, uh, for all accounts and purposes, already relegated. Medipol Bashakshi here taking on Konya Spor at home. And then we have Siva Spor taking on Kayseri Spor. And Chaiku Rizespor Besiktas. And then Ankara Gaju Fenerbahce. That's the fixtures for... Yeah, match day 27, that's still a ways to go. Um, pick one match, guys, that you can recommend for people to watch in about two to three weeks' time. Plenty of time for people to take a day off work and uh, grab some popcorn and, um, yeah, schedule that one in. Sorry, you go, go first. Uh, I, I, would, I would always recommend people to watch Galatasaray at home uh, against Malatyaspor, who are kind of dipping in form the last few weeks. Galatasaray have made the Turk Telecom Arena a real fortress. I think it's been almost 700 days since we lost lost the game there. So I would sit back with some popcorn and a beer and, and watch that one. How about you, Burak? Which is your pick of match day 27? Ankara Gucci Fenerbahce, you know, I'm going to be watching that, of course. It's my team. And that's going to be a scrappy and full of instance. But I think you'll get some good football maybe from Rizis playing at home against Besiktas. Um, so I... Uh, pick that as, as one to watch um, as well as uh, Ankara Gujifena which is I have my invested interest in but from a, a neutral point of view if, if you just wanted a game I'd see pick pick them Rizzo have been on a very good run of form and play some attractive football and Besiktas have some great players who may come to the party yeah, I mean, I don't like picking Besiktas matches, but I, I'm going to pick it here. But not for Besiktas, but for Rizespor. And I, I mm-hmm. actually am expecting a loss here for Besiktas. I'm, I'm, lots can change in three weeks, but Rizespor are just so impressive right now. Great form, they're playing at home. Besiktas aren't playing great football at the moment. And yeah, I could just uh, see... Besiktas are still unbeaten in 2019, but I could see uh, this being their first defeat. But other than that, I'm really looking forward to that Gustepe Akisar Akisar our match just because I want to see Gustepe get out of that ditch uh, and then let's see who Bursa Spor are playing because I've already forgotten um, they are away at Alanya Spor which isn't easy but that's a winnable match for them so it's going to be very interesting in that relegation zone um, that's pretty much it for this episode there's just one more thing I want to talk about because we do have a two and a half a three week break now until the next matches let's just take a quick look at the standings in the top scorer uh, table and Bayer Diagnes still firmly in the lead there with 23 goals and then there's an 11 goal drop off to number 2 and number 3 or well shared number 2 I should say uh, Hugo Radaega and Papi Sisse both have 12 goals. Then we have three players on 11. Burak Yilmaz, Henry Onyokuro and Vedat Muric. And then we have Edin Vizca and Robinho both on 10 goals. So that's the top five of, uh, well, top top four actually, of the top score standings. And we still have Aruna Kone at nine goals as well. But um, I think the... The fight has really been done already for first place, but it's really interesting to see now who's going to get that 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 silver medal. And uh, I'm going to give you all one pick, Uzer. Who's your favorite for the silver medal of in the top score standings? Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Onyakura. Why not? Burak, who is your favorite pick? 
I'm going for my namesake, Burak Yilmaz, um, on 11 goals at the moment. Um, and I'd, I'd like to give a shout-out to, to Fenerbahce, who have been absolute dog shit for goals. Um, <laughs> Andre, Andre Ayew is our top scorer with five goals, and, and that says it all. Oh, God. Like I said, I, I cannot wait for this season to end and go and sit on a beach somewhere. Things aren't much better but, for um, Besiktas, actually, man. I think... Uh... Uh, Burak is our top scorer now with six goals because obviously five of his goals came uh, when he was still at Trabzonspor. So I, I think he's our top scorer. So it's not much better for us. <laughs> but the difference is, of course, uh, about um, how many points is it? Like 16 points. Yeah. Uh, Orgil is already on six goals and he just came to Uncle yeah. in January. Yep. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm going. Burak Yilmaz to claim the second spot. I'm going to say he's going to get to about 16 or 17 goals, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with Burak too. I mean, he's already got 11 and 15. So he's, apart from from Diagne, he's the player with the best convert, convert well, best uh, goal to uh, minutes ratio, I think, except for maybe Urgil. So uh, yeah, Burak for me, uh, the pick as well for that second spot. But I think that'll do it for episode 5 of Football a la Turca. Thank you very much, guys. Um, we'll have some special content coming up for you in the next three weeks. Uh, maybe two episodes, I think, we're going to be able to put out, hopefully. What are we going to be talking about in the next episode, Barack? Well, the poll indicates it will be the foreigner limit in the Turkey Super League, which the, the powers that be, that apparently have no brains, are trying to impose on the clubs um, in, the, in the Super League. So that will be a point of uh, discussion. And with, there's quite a lot of um, content out there, so a lot of good accounts that are talking about it. So if you pop over to at Fati Alaturka, um, join in the discussion, and we would love to hear your views as well on what you believe is, is right and wrong. Yeah, so we'll be talking about the foreigner limit next, for sure. Uh, interesting subject to talk about. I think we all have very outspoken opinions on it. Unfortunately, I think we all kind of we're all kind of in agreement on it. So <laughs> I, I, maybe we should try and look for someone who has a differing opinion. Although I think it'll be difficult, um, but we'll see. But that will be for next week, and then the week after, perhaps we'll have a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at. Uh, how things go at B in sports, but nothing is set in stone yet on in that uh, regard. We still have to see if we can line up that interview. Uh, but uh, for episode five, that'll do it. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for downloading. If you haven't already, please subscribe on whichever um, platform you prefer. Google Play, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you prefer. Please subscribe to Football Ala Turca and uh, drop us a review and a five-star rating. That would be very much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening and see you all next week.